Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. lesson for today is found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. The young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, go lie down again. So he went and lay down. 
And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Levi and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Go lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Samuel said, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. We rise for the Christ. According to St. John, the first chapter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We invite the children for for the children's message.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who invites us to come and see. Amen. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. This is our text. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. And we read at the beginning of John's Gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's words matter. When Jesus speaks, things happen. Jesus finds Philip and commands him to follow me. And what does Philip do? He follows Jesus. Does John explain how the word works? Does John give an in-depth analysis to Jesus' evangelical technique? No. John is reminding us that when Jesus speaks, things happen. Hearts are changed. Philip's heart is changed. Philip is no longer the same person he once was. Jesus has kindled a fire in Philip's heart a fire of love toward the only begotten Son. As Paul reminds us in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes through hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Bill is going to speak Christ's words to his friend Nathaniel, and he will see the results. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found out Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. I mean, you just hear just how excited Philip was when he said, Come and see. We have found him. We have found the Messiah. You can imagine the joy in Philip's voice, the energy that exuded out of him. He told the story of the one that God had promised long ago, the Savior of whom God had spoke of, and to Adam and Eve, the one who had crushed the head of the serpent in Genesis 3. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. You shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The prophet the one of whom Moses spoke of, the prophet that would be greater to him, to whom God's people were to listen in Deuteronomy 18. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. The son that was promised to David in Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The suffering servant promised to Isaiah in chapter 53. For he grew before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, 
and afflicted. And I can go on and on, but who stood right before Philip was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And Philip could not wait to tell Nathaniel to come and see Jesus. Yet Nathaniel, he responds with doubt. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, Nazareth was the, the least likely place that an Israelite like Nathaniel would have thought the Messiah would have come from. It is a town in Galilee, a town surrounded by Gentiles. Galilee of the Gentiles. Nothing could come that was good. Nothing good could come from a land full of Gentiles. And yet we remember in Christmas that Jesus comes and shows up where we least expect him to. You know, he showed up into this world not for the king's fanfare, but he came into this world in utter poverty. He enters a world that despised him and rejected him, as Isaiah had foretold in Isaiah 53. Jesus defies Nathaniel's expectations of what the Messiah would be. Yet Nathaniel's expectations did not deter Philip from inviting Nathaniel to come and see, right? Was, was Nathaniel's doubts enough for Philip to just give up right then and there? No. Philip's genuine enthusiasm prompted Nathaniel to come and see who this Jesus is all about. You know, I wonder, I wonder how many times where we have conversations about Jesus with our friends and family and our loved ones, and how often do we just leave the conversation right there at Nathaniel's dismissal? How often are we discouraged by our friends and family's response to Jesus, their response of doubt and skepticism? You know, we may think that we need to have those best, solid, foolproof arguments of faith before we can ever invite someone to church. We may think that we have to nail down and have everything down pat before we can tell our neighbors about Jesus. You know, we may think that we need to be have a certification to be a true evangelist or get a master's of divinity degree or be a church professional. You know, we have a few of those out here today. You know, whatever qualifications uh, that we think we need in order to really tell people about Jesus to be a true evangelist. Brothers and sisters in Christ, look to Philip's example. Philip had just met Jesus, and he couldn't wait to tell others about him. You know, Philip had no formal training. He didn't attend seminary. He wasn't schooled in the latest fad of evangelism, the evangelism program of his day. Philip simply invited Nathaniel to come and see, come and see what Jesus is really about. You know, do we invite our friends, family, our neighbors to come and see who Jesus is here at St. Paul's? For at St. Paul's, we only preach Christ crucified. You know, so when you invite others to come to church, you're really inviting them to come and see Jesus. And we shouldn't be discouraged when our friends or our neighbors or our family members respond with cynical skepticism. You know, after all, Nathaniel responded in the same way 
yet it didn't uh, stop Philip from inviting uh, Nathaniel to uh, come and see. We ought to have that same boldness and confidence in the Word. The Word does not come back void, but accomplishes the very purpose it is set out to do. So faith comes through hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. You know, and in this day and age, you may be the only person in someone's life who speaks the words of Christ to your neighbor, to a friend, or to a family member. You may be the only person who, who has that touch point with Christ in their lives. Speak with bold confidence. Christ will bless your witness. And all it takes is to just say what Philip says. Come and see, and trust that the Holy Spirit will do the rest. You know, today we're inducting new members into the congregation, and someone told them in their own words, come and see. You know, they all had a Philip, excuse me, they all had a Philip in their own life who told them to come and see, who said that to them boldly and confidently. Come and see who Jesus is all about. Come and experience the life and forgiveness of Jesus in worship. And come and see and to receive his body of blood for the forgiveness of sins. And come and see the saints of St. Paul as they give praise and worship to our good and gracious God. Come and see the Lord is good. You know, and we come to faith in the same way. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. You know, Philip, at some time in your life, spoke the words of Christ to you. And we know we all came to faith in different ways. You know, many of us were baptized as infants and made God's children in the waters of holy baptism. There, receiving the forgiveness of sins and being raised in the church and raised in that forgiveness. But many of us came to faith later in life. You know, and it may have been after an immense moral or intellectual struggle, or just simply coming to the realization that you need a savior from your sins. You know, whatever your story is, you know, as we have struggled to find faith in Christ, when we reach the end of that journey, we find that Jesus was with us there all along. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold! An Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. You know, from Nathanael's perspective, he had been searching his entire life for the Messiah. He was looking everywhere for the Messiah, and now he has found him. But from Jesus' perspective, Nathanael was already his. Nathanael had climbed up the mountain of faith only to find out that Jesus was with him all along. Think of all those great struggles in your life. Again, I don't know your stories. But think of all the times when you had to sit down and think that you had to figure it out all alone. The times where you thought that no one could ever help you. That you were alone in this world and knew everything in the whole world and everything in it was all up 
to you. Yet to only find out that once that moment passed in life, that Jesus was with you all the way. Even in the darkest and most loneliest moments in our life. You know, Nathaniel had such an experience. Nathaniel thought that he had everything figured out. He thought he didn't need Philip's help. He, he certainly thought, you know, most of all, the Messiah, he's never going to come from Nazareth. I know that for sure. Then he meets Jesus. And Jesus peers into Nathaniel's surefire heart and says, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Jesus already knew Nathaniel. He knew Nathaniel up, down, left, right. And there was nothing that Nathaniel could hide before Jesus. In response to Jesus' words, Nathaniel makes the great confession, You are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You know, as with Peter's confession in the Synoptic Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus expands upon the meaning of what it means to be the Son of God, the King of Israel. And both with Peter's confession and with Nathaniel's confession, Jesus here describes the cross. To be the Son of God is to die for the sins of the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the purpose of the Christ coming into the world, to die in glory for our sins. He came into the world to shed his blood for you. That is what it means to be the Son of God. And Jesus invites Nathaniel to see something greater, to see him glorified on the cross, where he reconciles heaven and earth. And Jesus invites Nathaniel to see something greater, that he isn't going to stay dead, but on the third day, rise, and through his resurrection, he will abolish death and its hold over his creation once and for all. Jesus' words and Nathaniel come to pass. Nathaniel sees those greater things unfold before him that first Good Friday and that first Easter. Today, Jesus gives to you that very same promise. You too will see something greater. You will see our Lord Christ descend in glory as he comes to judge the living and the dead. And on that glorious day, the dead shall rise those who are alive, their bodies will transform, and we will see the wicked judged, and those who have received Christ enter into paradise for all eternity, into the new creation. We too, like Nathaniel, are invited to see those greater things to come, and that they will happen just as Jesus said it would happen. His words always come to pass. They came to pass for Philip and Nathaniel, and it will come to pass for us also. And I want to leave you here with some words of encouragement from St. Paul. He reminds us here in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, 
and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You know, you'll never know how Jesus will use your invitation to come and see. You know, Philip's invitation brought one of the twelve apostles to faith in Christ. And that Nathaniel would send and uh, spread that message of Christ and the forgiveness of sins all the way through the modern countries of Turkey and Armenia and India. Nathaniel invited all to come and see. All that Jesus had done, that he had died for them. He had died for them to give to them eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. And he rose for them to abolish death forever, to destroy uh, the power of sin, death, and the devil forever. Nathaniel gave that ultimate witness uh, for faith. He, he died. He died for the faith. And dying for the faith is that ultimate invitation to come and see. But through that great confession of martyrdom, we are witnesses to Christ's work in our lives that death and sin have no power over Christians. Nathaniel's labor was not in vain. And when we witness to Christ's work in our lives, our labor is not in vain. Be like Philip and Nathaniel. And again, they had no qualifications, they had no certifications, they had no degrees in evangelism or a master's of divinity. They simply said to others, come and see. Invite others to come and see, to receive the great gifts of Christ's love and forgiveness. And we have nothing to fear, brothers and sisters. You know, I really like our sermon hymn, O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. It's by the great and, uh, great and, and, and famous Lutheran hymnist, uh, Philip Nikolai. And you know, he says it best here in the, in the second to last stanza. He says, Jesus' love is never ending. Sing out, ring out, jubilation, exaltation. Tell the story. Great is he, the King of glory. Just speak Christ's words. He will make them effective. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. God's words matter. And speak Christ's living words of love and forgiveness with boldness and confidence. Come and see. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds the one true faith until life everlasting. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.